Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your host and dungeon master for another thrilling D&D adventure. Joining me here today, we have... Daniel, playing Chad Fleek. Hey, all playing Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Falrock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin. Waffle, playing Charjax. All right. Uh, as promised last time, uh, we have a lengthy letter from Patches... Uh, a random grab bag of comments and questions covering episodes 164 to 166. So, uh, here, here we go. If you hear a click, that's me buckling in. That seems <laughs> reasonable. Um, I also apologize, listeners, for the Outlook email received noise that you just heard. I forgot that I had that tab open. Um, that is not related to patches. That's a work email. Anyway, a letter from Patches begins as follows, and he's nicely uh, sorted these into uh, episodes. So we begin with episode 164, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, hashtag not sponsored, which, (laughs) fantastically surreal acid trip of a movie, if you haven't seen it. I have not. Oh, you would would love it. One of my favorite movies as a kid. Yeah. (laughs) Waffle, you you in particular, I think, would would get a kick out of it. The ending, the way that that they resolved the conflict of the movie, just like, what? Anyway. Yeah. uh, Patches goes on to say, we discussed dwarven babies briefly, and now all I can see is uh, naked miniature dwarves with fully grown beards that are intertwined with their dad's beards. For sustenance, <laughs> they catch the beer and food crumbs as they fall. Think mini troll dolls. Again, hashtag not sponsored, but they smell like beef and cheese. I love uh, this. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> yep, agreed. <laughs> oh my god, we're just getting started. It's, it's like a baby that. Bjorn, but it's a beard. <laughs> I actually and- hate that. Okay, but imagine for a moment a a haggard and tired dwarf with dark circles under their eyes, and then I'm the done. camera pans down, and there are three dwarven babies enmeshed into their beard. Yes, yeah, suckling at the disgusting cheese in its beard. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> awful. I like a horrible seahorse, but <laughs> yeah. Personally, I'm going to take away from this. I kind of love the idea that when when dwarves become parents, they like. There are specific parental beard braids that are specifically uh-huh. for carrying children. Yeah, we can we can take or leave the sustenance bit. <laughs> I'm probably um, going to leave it. I yeah, I think also the mental image of like taking a baby bottle, pouring a tankard directly into it, and then just slapping that in the mouth of a dwarven baby. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is probably more likely to be canonized <laughs> than than the other. Um, the party awakens to the sound and feel of liquid draining off their body. Does how does this work for Desmond? Does he just sleep through it? On a separate but related thought, does Desmond have a water bed? Every bed that Desmond uses becomes <laughs> a water bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like a thin layer of. Liquid, yeah. I don't. It's, every everything's a waterbed, water clothes, you gotta have plastic line sheets. That's how Desmond interfaces with the world. Yeah. Oh, a Desmond bed? You mean a bathtub? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
That works on multiple levels, considering his alcoholism. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which? Go ahead. Ooh. I was like, which he kept even through transformation. That's you know, some things are just integral. Yeah. Um. Uh, you are the party was immediately beset upon by sensory data you're unaccustomed to handling. Terajux normally hears so many voices in his head all the time. Isn't his inner monologue just constant shouting matches? Shouldn't he be used to this by now? <laughs> um, so, I what I've been going for is that, yes, these voices have already been there, but also Terajux is already really good at isolating information, specifically because... When a glider is in flight and experiences a turbulent stall condition, there are 127 tie-off points that have to be investigated by audio in order to make sure the rigging is not about to fail. And you have to do all 127 of them in five seconds. I so. <laughs> don't know if you made that up on the spot or have been waiting for this. Either way, I'm very impressed. Um... But yeah, I, I like to imagine that pilot training has given him the edge in overcoming the no, maddening you just have ADHD. Yeah, 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 also that. <laughs> it, it can be both. There's no reason it can't be both. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I had training beforehand. Like, this, the thing is, it only heightened what was already there. So I had a leg up in that regard. Uh, final comment for this episode. Terajux, have you decided to go e-girl bathwater and sell your cloud body yet? Because I have orders to place. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. That even uh, something you can scoop out that, that would not... That's the first question, is how do we extract it? Because... Don't. My, my first thought was, like, rather than, like, a melon baller trying to scoop out wads of this, uh... imagine, if you will, two, like, golden knitting needles that you stick in there and then pull out a little bit, and you just start, like, working them, and it just spools a big like reel. Like cotton candy. Yeah, yeah. Of sickly green cloud candy. Delicious. I don't um, think so, but sure. We are not currently able to ship that under UPS due to federal regulation. Uh, we are working on getting that changed. Uh, stay tuned. Turns out it's kind of hard to ship like human body parts through the mail. Right. Even if they're not strictly human. Um, episode 165. Terajux asked Falrock, how's my hair? The only correct answer to this was windswept. <laughs> um, Thank you. Someone gets it. Everyone but Leyland dodged the explosive cleaning. I feel like Terajux is targeting Leyland on purpose at this point. I think we knew that already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is that news? Yeah. Uh, Joe has now stated on air that Basil and Ivy are the big bad evil guys. I've been trying to tell you this for years now. I uh -huh. mean, maybe. Maybe they are. You don't interact with them enough to know. You certainly break their china enough for them to have motive. We haven't done that yeah. in, like, 20 episodes. We have been you've, trying to warn them. You've been unconscious for six months. I, show me where the lie is. Uh, Dalaran Beetle Battle. Terajux has given him a new name so many times now, I don't remember what his true name actually is. 
uh, made his job title sound fancy as hell. He's talking about Kalen on Alderaan, by the way. Oh, I was like, who the fuck is Beetle Battle? Uh, <laughs> I maintain the yeah, inner workings um, of the nation of Sildal in order to best ensure the elves are positioned in such a way as I can make sure the continent hmm. thrives. Parentheses, I'm a cashier. Close parentheses. Um, so, uh, the final comment is, I am sensing a pattern here. Falrock meets his future wife, they hang out, he leaves and they don't talk for six months, she gets captured and he rescues her. Repeat. Which... Look, <laughs> well, previously, yes, but we're fixing that, alright? Uh-huh. You're doing a stand-up job so far. Yeah, and then he literally flew off the continent. We're feminists now. The next time she gets... Yeah, she's gonna rescue Falrock. Well, I was thinking she'd just rescue herself. <laughs> Why not both? Get her. <laughs> um, episode. I mean, if I have to, if I have to do the sending stone bit on air, then sure, let's tack on five minutes every episode. But I, what are you wearing? I. I do not feel like uh, we. I don't think we need to do that on on mic. I think we're there. We go. <laughs> I'm keeping up with it. Trust me. Uh, episode one sixty six. Leyland is suspicious of everyone and everything, including himself. Does he yell in the mirror? You did this. <laughs> Which is a valid question. I would like to know the answer. Very possible. We don't. I mean, he doesn't sleep, but doesn't mean that he couldn't like. You know sleepwalk or have episodic just psychotic okay so yeah. Leyland is developing uh dissociative identity disorder yep it's moon night uh it's when the the moon is full the night stalker returns to feast the groundwork's <laughs> all been laid for this i that is a plot point that may come back later thank you for that um <laughs> that's all for now i miss you already patches out Miss you two patches. Thanks for writing. Uh, I'm sure by the time you uh, hear the answers to these, you'll have submitted another bevy of questions. Because that was, what, 166? What episode are we on now? 172? Seven, I think I did 170-something today. Yeah. I think we're on 172. Which, you're just flying by here we are moving at a clip uh we're gonna have to do another recap soon oh yeah mm -hmm. by which i mean like exactly as long as it's been since the last one <laughs> we're halfway there anyway thank you for writing patches i hope that uh you got satisfactory answers to the questions that you asked um yeah what happened last time we did a little bit of shopping, and <laughs> we spent uh, a hundred, almost a hundred k. To be fair, Chad has it in a nest egg. Some of it. I'm going to kick you off of the podcast. <laughs> look, it, the text chat is look. I I I think I wrote my whole cut on my character sheet of the hundred k, and so then we take off that twenty thousand. It has not been spent. Uh-huh. That's Ched, fine. Ched's the only one who still has money, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, so you did some shopping. A lot of shopping. Uh -huh. It was worth it. I hope. 
I, I think so. Nomengard. I'm regretting my my bandolier of Nomengard grenades a little bit. Um, Leyland got Lady Blossom slaying arrows. Yep. He may or may <laughs> not be planning to assassinate the Queen of Spring. We don't know. Allegedly. Could Allegedly. be anybody else. It doesn't specify yeah. what court of Fae. Could be right? anyone. Who's They're alleging? Just, just Fae arrows. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, nobody we, actually knows that you bought them. A, a, a lot, a lot. That's of true. Fae. None of us do. Just gold yeah. is missing. You say yeah. that like Terrajex isn't eavesdropping on every conversation the four of you yeah. have. Like he literally invited it to himself to the, to the building of the orphanage. So. All he heard was money being exchanged. He didn't. He yeah. didn't know why. I don't judge Leyland's spending habits. Yeah, one expensive prostitute. <laughs> We've all done things in the heat of the moment that we regret. Yeah. Look, it, you you wouldn't really glean much eavesdropping off of Ched. You would just hear uh, farm animal noises. <laughs> yep. Yeah, clucking, neighing, yeah. Uh, oinking. Very inexpensive um, prostitutes. <laughs> I, <was gonna> very... <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but it's no, it's no. low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I gotta swing for those. Uh, the uh, the occasional dragons roar. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Desmond had perhaps the most controversial purchase of the of the shopping in that he has set up an endowment for uh, Desmond's home for the parentally poor, a a new <laughs> sailing ship shaped orphanage uh, to be built in Hopstonopolis for orphaned Nomish children. Um, it's wonderful. Portion of the episode was spent on that construction, and it, they made good progress. Yeah. Then what happened? It was basically set up. Yeah. Uh, yeah then. then we went to the council. Yeah. To talk about the valor of Jux. Mm-hmm. And the sitch is basically they want to minimize the number of people who die when we scuttle it over the edge. Mm-hmm. And I'm in agreement. Because um, most of them are just good soldiers and not Alabaster Ravenwood. Um, so we devised a plan wherein we surgically strike at the bridge, take out Ravenwood, and then I fake a massive engine failure and the crew abandons ship. And then I sail it out over the edge and the question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, elementals go home and the day is saved. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a couple steps still missing in Terrajax's plan. But that's fine. We've got the important ones. The, the, the beginning and the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the middle bits are all going to be improv anyways. No plan ever survives first contact with the Alchemist Club. That is, <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I have several, yeah. several discarded pages of notes to this effect. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then the very last thing that occurred was that Slicer, the gnomish uh, intelligence agent you think they're gnomish you've never actually seen them um set up a gave you an address for an in-person meeting so that they could pass along the true church uh cipher cipher so and uh they give us an address and i think we're headed there now yep indeed Either that, or you wanted to talk to the engineers about the elemental stuff. That's long-term plan. Mostly, I just want to know what our options are. Seems reasonable to me. Um, so yeah, you depart the council chambers. Uh, you take the elevator down. 
you start making your way towards this address, which is uh, located way down in the trenches of Hopstonopolis. Um, pretty close to the core of the city. It's in a seedy, uh, like, back alley area. It's very cyberpunk. There's a lot of neon. <laughs> uh, it's raining somehow. Probably condensation off of pipes from further up in the city. Um, and the directions lead you to an abandoned warehouse that has a single flickering light bulb over the, the sole door. Oh, this looks friendly. It's our kind of place. Home sweet home. Yeah, I yeah. just uh, I go up and I... It's like a block away from where I bought my arrows. <laughs> yeah, it's like next door is the shop. You meet Leyland on the way out. Uh, so yeah, you you go into the door, and on inside of this door is a, uh, a reasonably large room. Um, it is devoid of any furniture. Uh, there is, again, a single light bulb swaying on the ceiling, illuminating uh, what appears to be a stone statue of a gnome. Um, do I hear anyone else around? Like, I, I, I do a little bit of a listen for the windy thing. Do I hear any other, like, breathing in this building or footsteps or, like, the the gentle shuffle of a crossbow firing mechanism being primed? I mean, you do hear that last one, but it's you're pretty sure that's Leolin. <laughs> uh, Otherwise, I'll Yeah, quiet. you do not hear any other living creatures uh, nearby, outside of the party. Uh, stride right up to the statue. Uh, the statue... Its eyes flicker and flash um, bright blue, the same color as Slicer's hologram from the council chamber. And the statue animates uh, and holds up a hand and says, that's far enough. Huh. Okay. Glad you made it. Did anybody follow you? Uh, probably not. And we, like, Farrakh raises a hand. Other than your no. little party. No. Nah, we're clean. Good. The statue uh, opens up its chest cavity, like, oh. slides it open, and inside is a scroll case that has been sealed with uh, wax. Okay. Ooh. And it. I will take it. Uh. Slicer says, this is a very important document. Do not let it fall out of your hands, because if the true church discovers that their cipher has been cracked, they will change it. And then all of our work will be right. useless, and all of your podcast, your progress podcast, <laughs> all, all, all of your podcast will have been for nothing. Re, we'll have to restart it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, this is the this is the instant fail condition for the Alchemist Club. Uh -huh. If you haven't quick saved recently, like you're going all the way back to the beginning. Okay, but here's the thing: is next time around we do this, we're gonna be so much faster at it. That's true. 
I'm thinking we just speed run right to the Forgotten Fortress and just flood the market with adamantium to see what happens. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> okay. No. We will keep it in the safest place that we can. Yep. Make sure it is shielded from scrying. Make I'm sure. already um, pulling crystals Are out you? of my backpack and like <laughs> taping them to it. And... I would recommend sharing it with as few people as possible. You never Sounds know good. who is an agent of the true church. And you're seeing all the people it's going to be shared with. Really? Yep. You're not going to take it to the iconoclasts? Mm, probably not. Yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see. We, we as soon as we have outlived our usefulness to them, we're dead. So. Yeah. yeah. I'd say we we use our knowledge to interrogate and we tell them information from interrogations but we don't need to yeah. tell them about the cipher fair enough uh yeah so the the statue closes its chest hatch and says let me know if you have anything else that needs investigating or come across any other leads to the true church i am in my research for this have become very concerned about the extent to which they've infiltrated just about everywhere including here and then all the crossbows fire <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well uh, with any luck we won't need services soon but it's a wild world out there who can say indeed i um i would like to take a little peek at this while we're Presumably, this is a safe location. Given the statue grabs your hand and says, "Do not break the wax seal until you are somewhere you are absolutely one hundred percent certain you are safe." Oh, okay. <laughs> just screams yeah. to everybody who's huddling in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna put this in the same pouch of my backpack that has all the anti-scrying crystals. Uh huh. And then uh, give a. Double pistols and a wink to the statue, and let's leave. The statue um, returns to its original standing position, and the slicer says, "Be careful out there. It's a it's a dangerous world." And then the statue turns red hot and melts. Oh, this message will self destruct. In <laughs> five Where did seconds. we find this guy again? Like uh, Craigslist. <laughs> Technically, we've never actually found them. So. Yeah. Uh, as we are leaving, I, I make like a small remark to everybody like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I heard this place was a bed and breakfast, but I guess they must have closed down during the pandemic. <laughs> just to just to throw everyone off our trail, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you say that like the gnomes wouldn't have like six different vaccines ready within two weeks of uh, the pandemic being declared. Well, so the pandemic, this pandemic was not coronavirus. It was um, bed and breakfast is catching on fire. Is I just it was, it was very arson. specifically it was a plague that kills you while you are in bed and breakfast establishments. So they all had to close. <laughs> An arsonist with a grudge. <laughs> we've, yeah. we've been there. We've done that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no. No more arson side plots. Uh, uh yeah. yeah, we go back to the ship. You return to the ship. 
And then once we are safely inside the bubble, and we are safely inside the bathtub, and the doors are all closed, and the bees are set to high alert, it's just a, and it, everybody has a scrying crystal in one hand. A wall of bees in front of the door. <laughs> um, and I have a note on the door that says, no true church members allowed, angry face. <laughs> I would like to pop the wax seal. Okay, you pop the wax seal. Inside is uh, a scroll of a parchment-like substance uh, that is covered in text. Okay. In. Is it legible to me, or? So you unfurl it and uh, and take a look, and you there's a sh- a sudden stabbing pain in your forehead. Um, ah! and then the the text uh resolves itself from kind of a unintelligible gibberish into a basically it's it's got like a bunch of magical formulae and uh letters of the alphabet that follow that okay um yeah. Uh, I go and... Because we have those codices still, right? Or we have the ledgers? I believe so. I um, I go fetch one of those and bring it back to the bathtub and crack it open. Uh, you can now read it. Oh! Uh. And uh, I, I instruct Falrock on the usage of the scroll. Falrock, you look at the scroll as Terajux describes to you in great depth about the experience and what will happen instead of just saying, yeah, if you look at it, you'll have the cipher <laughs> um, and go through a similar process. Okay. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, I think we distribute the cipher to everybody on the team and then I roll it up, reseal the wax and we got to put this somewhere super safe. Uh-huh. Where's, I mean, where's that going to be? I, I was I sort of hoping somebody stays, else would jump in. I think it stays on someone's person at all times. That's a very good point. I sent yeah. a message to considering to how many, saying thank you. Considering how many <laughs> times our ship has been breached now. Yeah. Like Desmond, you do not receive a response from Leonard. Oh. I know. I knew. He knew, but I had to. I had to try. You had to try. He's um, uh, he's in brain heaven now. Yep. I would l- probably say Falrock should have the uh, the scroll then as the most responsible adult, and also the person who's like the most resistant to poison and sleep. True. Yeah, I'll hold on to it. That's fine. Oh. Alright. Uh, that's that. That's Did we that. have anything else we were doing here in Hofstenopolis? I think we were just coming back for this. I've. You're supposed to be keeping track of your own quest log here. Hey, well, more, well more we can't leave until the orphanage is up and running. And Leyland is uh, waiting on Leyland says that. Leyland says that. Right, and Terajax really also has an arrows. item on special order, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, so I was going to ask about that. Can I get that, like, forwarded to another address? Because that's going to be something where it is sourced on the continent and flown out here. Yes. And I'm like, 
that that's kind of a waste given that we're headed back to the continent anyways do they have like where would you have it amazon sent? drop boxes um under a park bench somewhere god where would be a good place uh, that's, uh, that's the question yeah oh uh the camp of Broca iron tooth is that an option are we sure. going there why oh, not? actually, you know what? We're not wanted criminals in the Dwarven Lands anymore, are we? Strictly speaking, so, no. Mm, uh, outside no. of the walls of Stonies. <laughs> Why would well, we not uh, just send it to Dying Gaia? Why yeah, we, like, you're right. Dying Gaia is the place. Like, Why are you just sending it to a random place <laughs> we have no reason I want to revisit all our old plot points and be like, Hey, remember Braca? Oh, I remember. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> It's season two. We got to bring Hang back on. all the fan favorites. No, look. Where are we going next? We should send Arclay. it to wherever we're going next. Arclay. Um, oh talk about stronghold. Talk about a fucking glow up. Let's go back to Arclay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just absolutely wipe the fucking floor with them. Yep. They won't know. Um, no, I think Dying Guy is the safest place for it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not like it's a like a classified item. I just need to go pick it up at some point. Well, wait, hang on. Would it get here in the same time as Leyland's arrows? Or has Leyland already got the arrows? I think it's going to be a couple weeks more. Okay. Okay. Joe, can you confirm that? i to finish the orphanage, though. The orphanage has maybe another week's worth of work. Uh, if everybody, you know, does their construction checks well and... Uh, there aren't any other delays. So what would be the ETA on the Elven Mail if it came here? Uh, it should arrive about the same time as Leyland's Arrows being finished. Oh, then never mind. Yeah. yeah. Leyland's yeah. been half-assing his work on the Orphanage to make it... <laughs> it's been so long. it out, and so that his Arrows will be ready on time. Yes. And like... I've told Leyland many times how to use a hammer, and he just can't seem to figure it out. Uh-huh. I feel bad for him. More, more so, he keeps blaming it on the sunglasses, but he also refuses to take them off. Yeah. yeah. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Absolutely. Yeah. I would like to uh, petition the Mykonids for a... I guess a... Her, like a Mykonid to stay at the orphanage. To keep track of things, that will have to wait oh. till you get back to Dying Gaia. Unfortunately, so okay. we we just have one. Yeah, it's just yeah. TJM. We only have TJM yeah. on board, and I I mean, you could talk about having him no. stay here, but I suspect no. that won't no. go. No. No. TJM's not an orphan. <laughs> I will never be an orphan. He was for about six months. Cause I'll be there for him always. That's <laughs> when you weren't. Basil and Ivy are his parents now. I know. I'm just that weird uncle who comes by sometimes and gives him switchblades on his birthday. Uh-huh. Uh, I love it so much. Yeah, you could absolutely... I agree, though, that, like, Mike and Id wireless network would be good to have here. So here's the other thing, and I, like, this is... You'll have to consider this. Do you know that the gnomes will want you to establish a Mike and Id network of any sort on Hopstonopolis? I feel like um, they would be into it. They're pretty innocuous. Once I'm elected a 
a political official, they won't be able to say no. <laughs> is that oh, where this is going? No. Desmond wants yeah, to be also, on the Council of Hobstonopolis? Yeah, yeah, we'll have a steady supply of babies to kiss. <laughs> Who are they to say what you do in the basement of your own children's orphanage? <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, like, if we if we got, Chad's like, a like, mycologist to be like, oh, these many, are fascinating. I think there are many Chad's, like, ready to there. wild shape into a golem-sized mic in it at any point to just start spreading spores and creating oh, more mic in it in the, in the orphanage. It's just like, huh? we don't want, you know, we're not allowed, Miss, Mr. Counselor Applejack, we're not allowed in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Desmond says that's where the mushroom people are. <laughs> That'll go it's well. It's real noisy down in the basement sometimes. That's, I mean, not true. The Mykonids are almost completely silent. Yeah. Little, little Johnny went down to the basement once. He came upstairs. He was seeing stuff. <laughs> and then Desmond is arrested for giving children hallucinogenics. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so that's a little side story scandal that we can play out in like six months. Um, yeah, so what? what are you going to do now? You have a lot right. of quests on your quest log. Group huddle. I love um, these. I don't have to talk for a bit. They're always so productive. Uh -huh. um, so, after the orphanage is done, we still got a couple more days on that. Um, I have to go pick up an order, and then we're, we're jetting out of here. Uh, we have okay. two, two possibilities as I see it. I'm amenable to adding a third if someone else has a suggestion. We either got to do... And Gloria's true church fortress find evidence of her brother, which we can now do because we have the thing. Or we go deal with uh, Queen Aurelia's request. How are we feeling about that second one? Let's get it over with. <laughs> okay. Desmond, um, Falrock, uh, Faye, Faye stuff? I mean, yeah. I'm in for Faye stuff. All right. Now, Leyland, I, I know. Fair, I... I've been rather ambivalent because we we kind of have to. So. I, I am profane. Uh, Leyland, I know uh, you're you were prophetic. You were uh, right. you were hesitant <laughs> to pursue this for a while, but now that you've had some time to think it over and think about our responsibilities to Teliferous and to the continent as a whole, uh, what are your what are your thoughts? I'll come along, but I'm not green to. Do or not do anything. That, Ooh, that's good enough for me. Non-committal. Uh, yeah, that I can work with that. I, um, I can make that work. Uh -huh. Honestly, of all the places for us to like park the tree ship while we're doing this, this is probably one of the safer ones. Yep, that's what I was thinking. All right. Uh, is there any preparations that we need to make before we? I think we need to finish the orphanage. Well, well yeah, of obviously. course, yeah. Those children can't go without orphanages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I prepped all the earth-moving um, spells that I possibly could. Those children can't be without orphanages. Uh, I want to do interviews for the people applying to be orphanage workers. Oh, God. <laughs> Lee, I, I refuse... To, really to do that online. 
truly is the blind leading the blind here. Like, oh my god. Um, I, we will say that you conduct these interviews, and you have a variety of candidates that you can select from. What are your hiring criteria? Um, they have to pass their gnomish background check. Okay, um, done. They have Aquila devotees are a plus. Uh huh. And they have sailing to be knots. sailing knots. Yeah, they have. Yeah, like some sailing uh, experience would be cool. And they have to pass the the last question of Do you give ca- candy to children at bedtime? And if they say yes, then they're not allowed to work. Um, Damn. I kind of love the idea of Desmond having these interviews, and it's like the applicant walks in and enters the room and sits down, and Desmond's just at a table, and there's a series of ropes, and he just like yes. spreads his hands and then sits back <laughs> and waits. <laughs> and then sits back and crosses his arms. Exactly. Impress me. Isn't technically Desmond also supposed to know the answers to the questions already? Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> okay, so here's here are some general general factoids. Uh, all of the gnomes pass their background check because people who don't aren't allowed to live on Hopsinopolis. Um, none of them have any sailing experience because they live in a flying city in the middle of the sky. Um... <laughs> There are a few applicants that have some skill with sailors' knots, just because they took it up as a hobby. Um, there are a couple uh, people who worship Aquila in the applicant pool. Presumably, they are at the top of your list. Um, yep. Several of them are are correct and know not to give children candy before bed. Okay, then they're hired. Splendid. Uh, you have you have staffed uh, your orphanage. I will, if you remind me, at some point in the future, provide you with names for the gnomes that have taken up the positions. Esmond of... wouldn't remember their names anyway. All right, so that's that's better then. <laughs> uh, less work for me. You need to have somebody just... who knows the fibbledy belly strike maneuver, just in case any of the children are choking. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we can. T- we can uh... Generate like a booklet or pamphlet for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be lots of educational materials provided for uh, <laughs> for Desmond's oh, home for the we can get the uh, is it the the hootie hootie get booty? We can make uh, force them to watch employment videos. <laughs> Terajux oh PSAs. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. You children and you. Join the Desmond Brineswell family of orphanages. You've got a lot of work ahead of you, but also a lot of fun. <laughs> He's Hi, I'm Tarajux Heiko. Somehow, oh somewhere has found a Cosby sweater to wear. <laughs> oh god. Oh and before god. I go any further, my first talk is going to be about consent. <laughs> oh my god. Oof. Oh no. Good lord. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, no. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so give me construction rolls so that we can have some dice rolls. Wisdom? For me? Are you still moving Earth? I'm stone shaping the... Okay, fair. It's not totally made of wood. 
No, it's not wholly made of wood. Very few things are in Hobstonopolis. Leylin, uh, you're going to roll at disadvantage because you are purposefully doing a poor job. Okay, that's Leyland. totally fine. Uh, it's a nine. Okay, perfect. That's what we want. <laughs> uh, based on your your construction rolls here, which were pretty good for everybody except Leylin, um you're like conveniently auspiciously the orphanage <laughs> is ready to open the day after your arrows are finished he's like that hammering last, nails that in last the wrong day, way i'm just that last day leolin just has a new sort of work ethic that yeah. was unseen <laughs> past two weeks he he goes through and pulls like nails out of several different planks that were poorly positioned and that he had he had done wrong he pulls the nails out and they collapse into the place that they are supposed to be nice um so yeah you get your you get your arrows terajux your elven chain shirt comes in for mail order nice. uh chain mail order i guess <laughs> mail order chain desmond yeah. Uh, you are asked to give a speech at the ribbon cutting ceremony for the orphanage. I'm already regretting this. I already regret it. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't even finish saying it. No, you're just like, oh no, what have I done? Go ahead. Let's have it. I, I am here to cut the ribbon on our illustrious new um, building for the parentally indeficient. <laughs> and I couldn't oh. be more proud. All the people that were involved. And I've used creation uh, to make the scissors out of fire. Yeah. Wait, no, we've oh. done this wrong. We've done it wrong. Back up, reverse retcon. It's shaped like a boat. There's no ribbon cutting ceremony. You have to smash a bottle of oh, champagne oh against God, the hall. Yep. Yeah. As I christen this boat, I hope to <laughs> have many a parentally deficient. Uh, no, walk through these doors and have a better childhood than I myself had, and or I would be able to give to anybody else. <laughs> and nice, smash the champagne bottle into the the side of the <laughs> building, and an entire pirate ship full of orphans launches over the edge of Hobstonopolis. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be in the final the final battle arc. Uh, Desmond's yeah. going to press a button, and it's just going <laughs> to take off. Children are gonna come yeah, in and all fight. the orphanages that we've built turn into uh, warships. Yeah, it's you're going to have a fleet of flying or orphanage warships <laughs> join you for the final battle. Uh, one, one of each race. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, everybody. This is this is why I listen to the Alchemist Club. <laughs> Uh, there's, karma comes back around. Yeah, there's a a smattering of applause. Um, the doors are opened. There are uh, half a dozen gnomish orphans who who will be living at your orphanage, and uh, yeah, you've con congratulations. You've done something that most adventuring parties would struggle to do, which is you know contribute in a meaningful way to society, <laughs> <laughs> improve the world. Uh huh. Yeah, for our own benefit, but that's okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we resolved that uh, plot arc for now. <laughs> and then uh, I think 
after we have seen the orphanage is, you know, running smoothly and everyone's all settled in, we go inside, we turn the bees to maximum stinginess, and contact Queen Aurelia. Okay. Uh, Queen Aurelia appears in her, like, full royal outfit. She's got the, like, royal royal cloak, but it's made of flowers. Um, mm-hmm. She's got the crown on, the scepter. Uh, she's very clearly sitting on her throne. Um, it's kind of strange to see her, like, in her formal royal attire, because that's not what she normally wears, um, mm. or has normally worn. Um, she says... I see that you have uh, spent most of the time that you that you had available. Have you decided to uh, complete the task that I have provided you with? Yes. I believe we are ready, Your Majesty. That is most excellent news. I would be happy to provide you with passage to the appropriate place. Unfortunately, you won't be able to take your tree ship in, nor do I imagine you would want to. No. Yeah, no. But I can bring you to the borders of the lands that the traders have decided to claim for their own, if that would be amenable to you. I can work with that. Excellent. Um, are you prepared to leave now, or do you need to bring your ship to a safe location? Uh, our ship is parked safe and sound. I, I reach over off off frame and grab my storm javelin and my shield, and I say, "We're ready." Excellent. Did you uh, rename it the uh, storm javelin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like javelin of lightning was kind of weak. Uh, <laughs> so she. She stands up and dusts her hands off, um, and you see her steward uh, step into frame and kind of... Uh, he doesn't sit in the throne, but he stands in front of it and starts uh, talking to the to the gathered whoever it is that's in the throne room, and she says, uh, Excellent. If you would leave the circle of your ship's influence so that I can safely transport you. Oh, yes. We do, we do need to do that. Yep. Meet you on the front lawn. And then uh, we'll all hurry downstairs. Uh, I go and knock on Basil and Ivy's door. Uh, hey. The door opens. Um, Basil is wearing a chef's apron and is stained <laughs> head to toe with flour. I, um, I just kind of gently place TJM into his arms. <laughs> <laughs> and I say... Uh, we're gonna be gone for a couple days on face stuff, but you know how it is. Face stuff, time dilation. We could be gone a lot longer. Um, if uh, if anything comes up, you know, uh, good luck. He he says, "Well, uh, yeah, same to you. Uh, we'll we'll take good care of uh, TJM here, and uh, you know, try not to die because that would be unfortunate for a lot of people." that specifically us yes i uh i give my my fungal son one last kiss on his precious little forehead and i say i will be back nothing will keep me from you i will be back and then uh i i stride dramatically off of the tree ship 
and uh, I give a nod. Let's do this. I know. I think right. we've mentioned this before. I desperately want a TJM Squishmallow. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, you are all outside the circle of influence of Teliferous, uh, beyond the shields that keep you safe from divination and uh, untoward teleportation. Queen Aurelia reappears, and uh, she appears in the flesh this time, um, a garden trellis growing up out of the ground and covering itself in dazzling roses and morning glories. Um, She steps through and waves a hand behind her, and the... um, what you see on the other side of the trellis is no longer the throne of the Court of Spring, but a dusty uh, path in the middle of an open field. And she says, if you would be so kind. Uh, yeah. Any, uh, any last minute tips you want to give us about these targets before we get started? Anything we should know? They believe themselves to be well defended. I suspect that they are not anticipating anything or anybody like you. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if they have rallied several of the lesser fae to their side, or have set traps that might uh, be difficult for you to overcome. So be cautious. But I'm certain that this is nothing that you are not able to handle. In we go. All right, yeah. Away we go. You cross through to the other side, and uh, you see that you are you are now on this dusty path in the middle of an open field, and you see that you are actually standing in the middle of um, a small encampment of Spring Court soldiers wearing uh, oh. mail that looks like um, inter like tessellated leaves um they have set up a a little guard post checkpoint here you turn around and you see that they are facing further down the road is a wall of briars and rose thorn that uh it it appears nigh impenetrable and the road travels directly into this mass of thorns Mm. Okay. All right. Chad, if you would. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't prepare anything. They could just destroy a wall of briars. Yeah, you mean Turn you didn't? Turn into a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Turn into a goat and eat it. That is. <laughs> that a... would take far too long. <laughs> it's a good but I... if inefficient solution. <laughs> You could uh, turn us all into rabbits, and we could be like, oh, no, Queen Aurelia, don't throw us into the briar patch. Oh, boy. (laughs) One there. Burn it. Uh, Sure, yeah. Light some fires. I I can um, do that. I would like to fly up and get a vertical vantage over what's going on here. How... How does this briar, is it like a dome or is it just like a ring that we have to get over? It is like a ring. So you fly up and you can see over the top of this wall of thorns. Um, 
on the other side is a series of trenches and moats um which like the, there is no clear path across you have to go through the wall and then uh there aren't even any drawbridges on the moats they are entrenched here um at the center mm. of all of these defenses is a castle that looks like it was carved from a hedge. Wow. Okay. Um, I actually do have um, yeah, I spell look, prepared. I looked at my character sheet and it turns out I do have destroy thorns ready for No, I have blight. Yeah! That'll do um, it. So if it's a non-magical plant... Uh, it simply withers and dies. I have some bad news for you. Yeah. You're, you're in the yeah. Feywild. Well, I still have stone shape. I could just throw up a set of stairs. Make a stone monolith and drop it on a section of the briars. Yeah, that'd work. Just like push oh, it Oh, no, it was going to be like a staircase up to the top of the briars. Uh-huh. Oh. Hmm. I can't, I can't just, like, generate a, a block of stone midair and drop well, it no, on stuff. Well, no, no. You, you build the block of stone like it's just a tall, like, hunk of stone, and then you push it over. Oh. You're here to make a point. And that point is violence. Yeah. Do we have any idea how many of them there are? In this hold up in this castle, I don't think so. So, uh, there's no day night cycle here, right? Like it's just a fixed. Correct. Okay. So nighttime raids out of the question. Um, other options, tunneling underneath, I think could be interesting. <coughs> uh, we we do have. Shed who could uh, earth elemental stuff, or uh, somebody with polymorph could turn into like some kind of burrowing worm or bulay or some other entity. Um, other option is an aerial assault. Any I'd other? Like tunneling more. Oh yeah. How do you know if we go up? That the hedges just won't re like grow to meet us. Yeah, that's. They my didn't thought. when I was up there. Were you trying to go over though? You were just sort of looking from afar. I thought. True. I would like to fly up to the top of the hedge and stick a hand over the edge. A flechette of thorns sprays up <laughs> out of the hedge at you. <laughs> um, huh. yep. Okay. Told you. Um, Make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's considered a spell. Uh, technically, no. Okay. It's pure uh, ballistic force. <laughs> That's gonna be 15. Okay. Uh, you take six points of piercing damage. Didn't even get through the pancake points. Uh-huh. Uh, I fly back down, uh, shucking flechettes out of my arm, and I go, yeah, no go on the aerial assault. You could. It would just be painful. <laughs> So, uh, tunneling? Tunneling. Sure. Um, right. So, uh, Ched 
Chad begins to wild shape. Um, Here we go. His yeah, his his feathers evaporate, and in place of his skin, uh, it becomes this elongated, uh, chitinous, just uh, shell-like um, texture to it. And his his beak doesn't really disappear. It it kind of elongates with his head, um, and his arms start to and, and and body and legs start to get the same chitinous shell-like features until he looks like what is just this giant um, turtle without a shell. Good. Um, Good. It's a it's a bulette. Uh huh. Um, and yeah. he has a. He has a burrow speed of forty feet, um, and he's a large—he's a large, monstrous creature, mm-hmm. um, and will start burrowing under the briar hedges. Perfect. I think that's where we'll stop for this episode, as your assault on the the Thayan fortress begins. This has been an eventful episode. Um, yeah. So. I've been Joe, your host and Dungeon Master, for another thrilling D&D adventure. We're actually having adventures this time. We're recovering. We're getting back on our game. Uh, if you wish to, there. Yeah. If you wish to get in touch with us, you can do so at thealchemistsclub88 at gmail.com or thealchemistsclub88 at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on any podcast hosting platform. Give us a listen. Uh, if, if you haven't already, which you are because you're hearing me say these words, uh, tell your friends, write a review, say something nice. Our socials, Matthew? Find us at the Alchemist underscore club on Twitter and at the Alchemist Club on TikTok. And our I get like what what is the phrase for the governing body of an orphanage? Like <laughs> Board of the, Trustees. The <laughs> yeah, the Board of Trustees sounds right. The board of Trustees Orphan uh, Desmond's home for the parentally deficient Board of Trustees. <laughs> Are uh, <laughs> Daniel playing Chad, who became a Bulette. Fun fact, also known as a land shark, it is a crossbreed between um, a wizard's crossbreed uh, between a snapping turtle and an armadillo with infusions of demon ichor. Splendid. All right. They all play orphan headmaster Desmond. I'm Zach, and I'm just Fall Rock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin. Waffle playing the lightly perforated Tarjax Hyko. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs>